Albert Einstein once said, learning is experience, everything else is just information. Our guest today, Mr. John Swallow, has abundance of experience and he is on a quest to convert it into more learning for the world. Hello everyone and welcome to Nerdy Optometrist. He has about 35 years of experience in the field of eye care and dispensing. I'm really excited to invite him to this podcast and learn more about his journey and adventure. Thank you so much, Mr. Swallow, to be the guest today and welcome. It's a great pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So, Mr. Swallow, can you tell me more about your journey, a brief background about yourself? Well, 35 years sounds like a long time, but I'll try and condense that into a uh, into a shorter summary. I've been fortunate to have worked in a number of different roles and uh, across a number of different countries in my career uh, and met some incredible people. And uh, I've just been able to absorb and to learn everything I, that I possibly could from those amazing people and the teams that I've worked with. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I guess that's led me into the field of, uh, of learning and development. Currently, I'm the CEO of Webinize. So we focus on the delivery of live webinars uh, to the eye care field. But of course, my journey started off uh, quite different when uh, I don't even know was the internet working in those days, actually, <laughs> <laughs> years ago. But uh, I think quite in a basic form. Um, but yes, when I when I studied and became a dispensing optician, and I was fortunate enough to to work for a small family chain called Rainers, then another small independent group called C and G Mullen, and then I joined the advent of twenty first century optical retail. <laughs> when I joined Vision Express, and uh, an optics started really, really to come out of the corner shops, so to speak, onto the high street and into the shopping centres. And that was a great career that, uh, that, that took me all over the world. Nice. Uh, and, and it was an incredibly inspirational uh, journey. And of course, latterly with, uh, with Specsavers. So I've worked with them uh, across a number of different countries, owning several of their stores, franchises, supporting the stores, uh, and also providing learning and development over the last uh, last seven or so years. Wonderful. Uh, especially to know that you are now the CEO of a webinar portal which is completely new and not famous in our industry. So I'm really excited to know more about that. But before we go to that part of the podcast, can you tell me more about your best experiences during this journey that you would like to share? Yeah, I have quite many of those. I guess the majority of those, if not all of them, are, are associated with the teams that I've worked with over the years. And if I pick a few examples, um, I was fortunate enough to be one of the owners of the uh, flagship Specsavers store in Tottenham Court Road in central London. Mm -hmm. And when we opened, everybody said that uh, it was unlikely that people wouldn't buy uh, branded frames in central London. And we took that from basically zero, a brand new store to to a multi-million pound store turnover one of the largest in the UK, if not Europe. And we actually had at one stage, I think, the largest direct debit base for contact lenses in Europe. So so that was an incredibly exciting time and only achieved through finding some fantastic people, mm-hmm. training them, working with them. It was an amazing team and we achieved a lot. We, we won the uh, the Optical Practice of the Year 
I would say the other one, if I could mention this one, would be the building of the Becksavers team in uh, in Northern Europe, uh, the learning and development mm-hmm. team. And again, we took that from a blank sheet of paper to an academy that was delivering. It was working with the universities to provide uh, optometry and optical dispensing courses. It was providing you know, induction and training for retail teams. Uh, it was providing leadership training. And we did this through the learning management system, mm-hmm. also through core training, uh, through roadshows, through classroom, and then, of course, through the, uh, the virtual world when, uh, when the technology started to become really good. Wow, I'm so excited to listen to this part of your experience because I feel that not only have you run a business and you have the business side experience, but it shows that you have constantly contributed in learning and building the team. I'm sure it doesn't come easy. So what were your biggest challenges? Because I'm sure there's there's a lot that goes behind the scene. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Many, many, many years ago in uh, in early Vision Express, uh, when the, the company was owned by uh, by Dean Butler, who is, I guess, one of the grandfathers, <laughs> sorry, Dean, <laughs> uh, of optical retail, um, for me anyway. That was an incredible experience and, and one which uh, took me to countries such as Argentina and to Latvia, to, to businesses that were being opened, but that had huge challenges. Uh, and in actual fact, the company in Argentina at that time suffered some quite hard economic challenges because of what happened to the economy of Argentina. Mm-hmm. It really crashed. So did retail and everything else. <laughs> um, so we, we had to work very hard in terms of the product, in terms of the pricing, in terms of the teams, especially in terms of the marketing to, to build that uh, streamline and then build that company back up again. And we actually took it from a situation where it would have been closed and been a heavy loss maker to a cash positive business, which still exists today Wow! under the Grand Vision banner. I'll give you another one, which is completely opposite. And that was when I was head of retail over here in Finland. And many people used to say to me, in fact, they said this through my whole career. Well, that's all sounds really good, John, but it doesn't work here. (laughs) Our country is really different. All countries have their nuances. They have their differences. They have the differences in in, in insurances and and all sorts of other things. Uh, But generally, it's kind of the same. And so I actually jumped in and I bought a small loss-making store over here uh, in Raumer in Finland. And actually, we, we flipped it in two years' time from making a what was then a five-figure loss to a five-figure profit. And we actually improved it. Uh, we re- refitted the store. We were able to repay back that. We put in some great new products. We brought in some new team members. We provided great training. And we, we, we took it from a store that would have been closed to a store that was uh, actually making money. And I was then able, when I moved on to, to get involved in this kind of stuff, then able to sell it to, uh, to a partner. So, so that was a really, really exciting uh, time. <laughs> I think my takeaway from this was everyone would say that it doesn't work here. Everyone at some point of their career have heard that from someone in the industry, but to turn it around as challenging as it sounds will definitely be very, very exciting and satisfying. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure we've all been at a stage in our careers where we think we know what's best and where we can be a bit insular sometimes, whether it's us, our practices, our regions, our countries, our companies, whatever it might be. We're pretty convinced ours is the best way. There is no best way. Someone always has a better idea. I just haven't met them yet in the world. <laughs> you know? 
that's such an important message so i think it is important to kind of meet someone new from whom you can learn and like improve your method i think that's mm. extremely important for growing yourself and your career so i definitely agree on that because you have such huge experience i would like to know who do you admire the most in this field yeah yes there there, there are several probably everybody that i've ever worked for I've learned different things from different people and of course the world of of the eye care field is very diverse and and of course you know we we have our you know high street retail chains we have our our independents uh you know the smaller chains and smaller groups and different structures now involved with healthcare and etc cetera, etc cetera. so things are very different but if we go back 30 years plus ago then really Optics was in a very different place, <laughs> very much the small place around the corner. Certainly in terms of someone who inspired me was, the, uh, for me, the great Dean Butler, who actually came up with customer services that I'd never heard of before. Uh, and that was basically do whatever you need to do to make sure a customer is happy. Wow. And that stuck with me. That, that's even one of his phrases. That has absolutely stuck with me. So, so definitely, Dean. Then I would look at uh, Marcel César, uh, who was the managing director of uh, Grand Optical in France, and then went on to, actually, he's a, a director of uh, Aquitis at the moment in, mm-hmm. in Europe. And Marcel was the epitome of hands-on customer service. And I remember uh, just walking around the place where I was living in England at one point, and I just happened to walk past one of his stores. And I saw him there working. And it was three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, and he was working fitting glasses. And I said, well, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and he said, well, he said, for, for me, he says, that this, I, I'm so busy with other things during the week to actually get the opportunity to work with real customers and, and the teams in stores on a Saturday. It, it's just, you know, I love it. And, I, I, you know, I feel I can really help. And just the absolute passion of that hands-on customer service is yeah absolutely someone else that I I, I really admire. I guess it, just to bring one last name to here, it, it has to be Doug Perkins. Mm-hmm. Doug Perkins is with Specsavers. He's he's really and, and let's face it, I worked with Specsavers for a long time. You know, disclaimer. <laughs> but Specsavers is huge, not just in dispensing, but even you know contributing and giving back to the community. So yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and, and he's working so hard to actually bring healthcare to the community, bring the, the eye care field closer to healthcare and, and actually right. really enhance the services that we're able to, to offer. And, and that, you know, you can see that some groups are doing that and Specsavers are certainly doing that. It really is a game changer. Yes, I completely agree. John, based on your experiences and what you just shared, I know that you are always involved in training and team building and uh, making sure that everyone around you is developing. Can you tell me more about your coaching practice, which you have to build this team and potential uh, dispensing optician or anyone who want to be in the eye care industry? I love to do that, actually. I've, I've got a, a few clients from uh, around the world. Um, it moved on from optics into other fields. So for example, I was coaching a, a teacher down in Brazil who wanted to expand his English teaching practice. And also someone here in Finland uh, who works for a telecom company. Who, who actually wanted to grow their career in that field. I guess what I really enjoyed to do is to work with people who are very focused on achieving more, who want to really make a difference with something. Mm-hmm. 
I love to have those conversations and to help them. And in some cases, of course, in eye care, where they're working in a similar field or that maybe they've done some things, then I'll, I'll, I'll flip that to be a little bit more of a, a as a mentor right? to actually help them with what they're trying to achieve in terms of some, some things that I've done before that may or may not have worked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love to do that. And I'm always happy to hear from people who, who want to develop. Wonderful. One thing that I want to ask you, because you have such vast experience, how do you feel the learning is changing in this eye care field? Yes, there is a lot more to learn than there used to be. <laughs> that's, that's probably point one. And I'm sure anybody, especially optometrists, whether they're working their own practices or, or, or offices or whether they're working from multiple or corporate, whatever the situation is, I, I'm sure they'd all agree that there is more technology coming, the expansion of additional services. A lot of this is caused by the the changing in funding of healthcare systems and populations, and the healthcare system cannot cope with various different things. So, so now that there's a lot of is, is changing in the field, and we all have to learn a bit more than we used to do, <laughs> and and we have to find ways of doing this. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to to do today because I can very much appreciate the average dispensing optician, contact lens optician, eye doctor optometrist i can imagine they can probably get to one maybe two conferences a year maybe to an evening roadshow or two and maybe there's some some things online some articles that can be read but wow the way that things are changing um i don't think that's enough i really want to help (laughs) right it's interesting that because i'm originally from india and there were a couple of conferences which i wanted to attend but it's live you have to go there and attend And it was kind of disheartening, you know, when I'm in the United States, I can't visit, I miss out education part of it. But with virtual learning, there are multiple platforms for schools and many people use it for training. But it was a gap in our industry, which I feel that you've nailed at the right spot and the right place. So I think webinize is really filling the gap which we had. Can you tell me more about it? Because I am really excited about it. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head when you say gap. Don't forget, we're still really early. We're still really new. We're very much a startup. But someone said to me, well, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to replace the, 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 you know, the conferences and the classroom uh, courses? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, the feeling to be at a conference is, is great, but not everybody can go to them. Uh, there's a high cost involved. Let's face it, today there's a high environmental cost involved as well. They pump a lot of fossil fuel into the uh, into the atmosphere so there's lots of reasons why if someone wants to learn more can we find ways of doing that actually through your podcast you're finding another way a great way definitely we're not trying to replace anything yeah i think with webinars another thing which is interesting is you can be part of it at your convenience I think that's another advantage that a webinar would give over a conference, but definitely no one can take away the in-person experience and the interaction with the speakers and learning life. So I did see that you were giving free passes to students. Why did you think about that? Accessibility is one of our values, and it's, it is actually where I started with this idea half a year or so ago. And, and I want everybody to be able to attend our webinized session. If there's a reason why they can't, then it's my job to solve that problem, to make it as accessible as possible. So we're online. Great. Yeah, we're providing the webinars at uh, you know a range of times, uh, depending on your, your time zone. It's They're easy to access. We want to make sure they're great value for money. We want to provide a range of topics. 
We only have our CE, continued education uh, accreditation in, in six countries today. And actually, we're, we're just providing the points in five of those. Uh, but but we will grow that as, as time goes. And we want to provide a range of presenters from different countries. And we want to find really, really experienced people to talk. And we want to find really new people who have something really, really great to share. And the student part, to finally come back to your question, what could be more accessible than giving it away? That's number one. Right. But also, how often will they get to travel to these international conferences to listen to these amazing speakers? Very rarely. And I think it's an incredible opportunity for them to learn. Also, let's face it, you know, I'm not as young as I used to be, of course. <laughs> uh, not everyone's, you know, used to using this kind of technology. And a lot of the millennials, of course, that they're, they're using it for everything. So this is perfect. Another thing which attracts me when I talk about webinars is not just the conference itself, but connection. I would not know someone in another part of the world who has this gem of knowledge and information and it helps me even connect to that person. I think that accessibility is a huge thing for me. That networking is very important and webinars and webinars is providing a great platform for that. One clear example is, is we have a doctor in the United States who has his own Facebook group, and it's a very active one. The same is, is, is the case for actually the majority of our presenters have various different forums, groups, and connections. And yes, it's very easy to get in touch with those people afterwards. Yeah. Now that we are, we are discussing more about webinars, would you like to share the topics and a few countries you mentioned you have people from? Absolutely. We have some great presenters uh, from a number of different countries, from the United States. I think we have yourself <laughs> on, uh, on Ocular Telemedicine, which is really, really going to be uh, helping a lot, of, uh, a, a lot of developing countries as well. Uh, and then we have, uh, for example, Dr. Joseph Allen, He's going to be speaking about, he's actually our kickoff, infectious retinitis, which is a practical guide around that. And there's a huge amount of interest in that. Um, yes. And, but, you know, from the uh, flip side, he's also going to be talking about uh, how to market your practice in social media. Then we have some great contact lens sessions. So we have Wendy Setti from the UK talking about pediatric contact lenses. Mm -hmm. Also, we have Nilesh Thait over in India talking about uh, contact lens options for, for presbyopes. We've got a fantastic practitioner from Portugal who I was actually discussing uh, this with only yesterday evening, uh, Hanani Pereira, and also Andrew Price, mm -hmm. who's a, an active uh, practitioner of myopia control. And he, they're, they're all amazing. We have uh, Dr. Uh, Maria Sampalis, for example, you know, from uh, a lot of people will know her from corporate optometry. Yes, yes, Yeah, definitely. a lot, lot, of, lot of talent and experience. And I would urge everyone to have a look at the agenda because if, if, if it's not everybody, I very much think there'll be a selection of people that, that uh, they'll be interested. And these are the recorded sessions. We're recording every session so people will be able to access them afterwards. Wow. I'm really excited with the whole range of topics with webinars. Whatever would be your area of interest, you will definitely find a webinar to attend. What do you think as an impact of global collaboration in the eye care industry and the future of the eye care industry? I hope that it would get smaller. We all know how small the optical field is. I mean, if you, if anybody in their own country goes to their local optometry meeting or conference, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll see lots of people that they know. It's such a small world. Right. My wish and, and what I can see happening is that the, the world of eye care will become smaller. Of course, there's already a, many international organizations that are, that, that are making this happen. 
We would just like to help that a little bit by just trying to share the learning around these big eye care conferences or individual webinars and just try to share the learning around and connect people more and more, just as you're doing with your podcasts. Yeah, there's a lot to be learned uh, if we go out and look for it. What is the next thing? Next thing for Webinar is next step for you. This is very much the, the event that we have in November, the 20 webinars across the, the month. So we will gain so much intelligence and information from, from this event. How people want to learn, when they want to learn, what countries they want to learn from, what are their key topics. So I guess what's next for Webinize is to go the next level and try to give our participants and, and potential participants as close to how and what they want to learn as possible. Mm -hmm. That's what I would like to do. I, I want to make learning as accessible as possible and as effective as possible. It, it's not quite as clear, but that's because, hey, you know, we need to go through this experience and we need to find out exactly your preferred formula. Another thing that I want to know, what were your biggest challenge with this whole webinar, the webinar? <laughs> in the early days, anybody who has their own business in the audience will appreciate this. You sit there with your white piece of paper and you say, okay, what, what do we want to achieve here? You know, how are we going to do this? I was lucky to have had the experience in virtual learning. I was lucky to, to have made some connections in my, in my career. But I, I think probably one of the biggest challenges was to just go out there and, I guess, introduce potential speakers to this idea. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to bring people who probably have never done a webinar before into this field. So I think that's the big challenge, trying to find a, a great mix of, of, of presenters, first of all, which we did. And I'm so grateful that, that we have such an amazing range of, uh, of people speaking for us. Um, the other part, the marketing. The, the communication of, of what you do, why you're doing it, what you're trying to achieve and, and the service that you have is, is a full-time job alone. And, and that requires constant work. Having said that, this is all preparation. Preparation I love. We have a, a, an expression here in Finland, probably in other countries, but I, I love to have my hands in the mud. So, so I like to get stuff happening. And if we come across a barrier, just think, well, why? What can we do to go around that, over it, under it, knock it down? Uh, and it's something I quite enjoy, actually. <laughs> I actually read it somewhere uh, that it takes a lot of effort to make something look effortless. So I think a lot of effort goes into making it look perfect. So just before uh, we end this podcast, one takeaway message. Yeah, probably my message would, would, would be to, uh, to have an open mind to learning. There are lots of ways to learn out there. Technology is bringing a, an awful lot of opportunities. Try a podcast, try a webinar, try a video, try, try, try and find other ways to, to learn. And, and that's it. I think the, the future of eye care is about having an open mind. I really like that. <laughs> We are all focused on clear vision, but it's all about keeping your mind open. Thank you so much once again, Mr. Swallow, for giving all the information about your background, webinars, and sharing all your experiences and learning with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure as well.